When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. EPL over in the north. It's all happening. The Wolves taking on our very own man, you. And you still predicting a 4-0 win there, Rick Dog? Uh, yeah, mate. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence, actually. I'm not sure if it's going to be 4-0 or 5-0. Okay. <laughs> confident. Okay. Confident. You are full of confidence. So the first match is... Burnley taking on Man City. I think that will be very, very one-sided. Arsenal, Nottingham Forest, Sheffield United, Crystal Palace, Bournemouth, West Ham, Brighton, Luton Town. Luton Town. The big news in the offseason. They got uh, promoted to the big time, and we've seen their stadium. Ah, look, you cannot look too far. You go Leicester City and what they were able to do a while back. They've been dropped down. Luton Town's come up. Uh, is there anything to ensure they can be competitive, Rick Dog? Well, I, I think the thing, and Ben might ex- expand on this because their ground is like the smallest ground now in the EP, in EPL history. <laughs> so, so like the crowd will be smaller right on than top Fulham. Of, yep, smaller than Bournemouth, which is currently the had been the smallest till now. Uh, but the problem for them is they've got to do some renovations before it comes up to EPL standards. So I think if they had their opening game at well, two, home, two days, yeah, yeah. Well, so they don't they don't play the first home game till September, oh, right? Wow. So I think if you get that roll on, you get a couple of home games, you get the crowd on side and the crowd on, and it makes it a tough place to go. That creates a little bit of momentum for you, but they don't have that. So yeah, to be honest, I think they'll struggle. I mean, I I hope I hope they uh, I hope they're competitive, but I, I I can't see them staying up. Beautiful. Let's cross over to the UK and catch up with Ben Ransom, Sky Sports UK Manchester reporter. Talk the EPL. Ben, how are you doing, bud? Thanks for joining us. Yeah, happy new season. Uh, can't quite believe it's gone around <laughs> so quick, but uh, but it has, and we're there. And uh, well, I mean, yeah, we've got a game tomorrow, but for you, I suppose, yeah, you're already on Friday, so you're pretty much getting there. We're getting into the weekend, and we've been talking a wee bit about it this morning. Why won't Man City win the EPL for the fourth straight time? I know. Well, um, I, I, Pep Guardiola <laughs> told us today at the press conference that he uh, he it's impossible they'll do the treble again. So at least some other people will get their name on the trophy, according to the, the man who won them all last year. Um, but look, as far as the actual Premier League title goes, it's the one they care about more than any other. Mm. They've been so dominant over the last few years, and yeah, looking at it, Arsenal probably looked best placed again, given the amount of money they've spent in the summer. But then the way it went at the end of last season, the way City just hunted them down, you have to feel City are big favourites again. Are, are we going to see Harry Kane in Bayern Munich? Yeah, they, I mean, this is fascinating. Honestly, I don't know. I, If you'd have asked me that three weeks ago, I'd have said yes. If you'd have asked me that two days ago, I'd have said no. And then they had this breakthrough earlier on where they agreed a fee, which, as you know, doing a deal with Tottenham isn't the easiest thing in the world. Uh, but they did it. And then the noises are that Harry Kane is having second thoughts and he might turn them down. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's huge. He might wake up tomorrow and decide, actually, what am I doing? I wanted to go and play for Bayern. I'm going to go and try and win a trophy. He might wake up tomorrow morning and just say, look, I'm going to hang around, uh, stay at Tottenham. 
score more Premier League goals, then next summer I can go to any club in the world because my contract is up and I can join whoever I want for nothing. Conspiracy theory time, Ben. I've seen this floated on the internet that Harry Kane has been playing Bayern the whole time because he doesn't want to leave the Premier League and now that he's finally got Levy to agree to sell him, he's waiting for United to come in with a bid. (laughs) I mean, this sounds like a Manchester United fan might have come up with this. Uh, And... If I'm honest, a bit like, um, I don't know, a bit like the moon landing. Um, yes, maybe there is some truth in there somewhere, but I can't see it. Not given that United have just bought Rasmus Hoyland. I don't think they've got the cash, honestly. Like the fact they, they've had that outlay on Hoyland, I don't think the way the Glazers are running the club, they've got the money to do it right now. I think if at the start of the window, United would have felt that they had a chance of signing Kane, I think they'd, of course, gone in for him. They would have been monitoring for ages, but I think they realised that deal was not going to be done. So as much as I love a good conspiracy theory, uh, no, I have to say it's probably unlikely to be true. Well, give it to us straight between the, the eyes here. Manchester United, Ben, are they in the title race this season? What have you made of Ten Hag's rebuild so far? I mean, to be fair to United, they're, they're doing quite well so far this season because they're level on points with Man City. Um, it's been a great start for them. Uh, zero apiece. Um, look, I think Ten Hag is doing a good job. I think he's he's basically trying to create a team that can trouble the other top sides. He's got to close the gap first of all, which he did a little bit last year. We saw signs, didn't we? Um, it's a big gap to close mind. And he's having his hands half tied behind his back by the fact the club's still being run by the Glazers. There's this ongoing takeover saga. I mean, you talk about conspiracy theory. That might be one that's legitimate in terms of the Glazers, whether they actually ever want to sell the club. Um, but look, I think I think they'll be a bit closer again. He's obviously trying to get a team that can play on the break really quickly, that can overpower opponents, um, you know, move the ball up the pitch really, really fast. Um, they've got a lot of pace up front. I think that we'll see a bit more from Garnaccio this year. I mean, hopefully we'll see a bit more from Jaden Sancho and Anthony because neither really have set the world alight since they've joined for big money. I think uh, Mason Mount's decent in that he gives them another option in the middle of the park. I think getting rid of Harry Maguire and stuff just means they're a little bit... I suppose the squad's a little bit fresher. It's a little bit cleaner, isn't it, for him to work with. But I do think if you look at man for man and certainly compare them to... You know, I mentioned Arsenal already as the team that I think are most likely to challenge City again. Compare United man-to-man with Arsenal. And Arsenal, in every area, seem to be stronger. And that would be my big concern, I think. What about um, Mauricio uh, Pochettino in his rebuild at Chelsea? Is, is we, are we going to see Chelsea get back to the heights that, we, um, that we're used to? I think they'll be in and around the heights in terms of battling for the Champions League. Yeah, I think, look, Mauricio Pochettino is a smart appointment because he knows the league. He knows he's got a very distinct playing style, which I think suits a lot of the players at Chelsea. He's come in with his own ideas, clearly. He's he's obviously trying to reshape the squad quite quickly. There are players that are in favour, players out of favour. Um, He's signed some good players. I mean, Chelsea's endless checkbook seems to be in full operation still because today (laughs) and yesterday they're still bidding for midfielders. I mean, there's talk of Lavia. There's still talk of Casado. I mean, I don't know when they're going to run out of money, but apparently not yet. Um, And they've got some attacking players that have got a bit of flair. I think Nkunku being injured is a bit of a blow for the first part of the season because he's someone that we've got high hopes for seeing, you know, really at the top level. He's supposed to be excellent. 
Um, Jackson, another striker, has done okay. I think the fullbacks at least are fit for now. Chilwell and James, who are their two most potent attacking weapons often on either flank. So I think there's a lot to like about Chelsea. Um, but I don't think they're in a title race specifically. I think that the fact they can concentrate solely on the Premier League and not Europe is good. I think they'll be in and around the top four. What about Liverpool? Uh, they've lost five midfielders in the off-season. They haven't really done enough business. I mean, has Klopp got some brand-new fangled tactical plan of five at the back, five up front, nothing in the middle? What, do you, what's going on there? Yeah, it's very odd, isn't it? And when you look at their pre-season, it's kind of symptomatic of that. They've conceded lots of goals. They've scored lots of goals. I mean, you're right in to, to point out the attacking threat they've got because they've got so many good players. I mean, you know, um, looking at who they're going to start in the first game of the season, it is nine impossible. Bar Salah, they could pick any other two from what five. Um, so they've got options up front. Defensively, they've not really changed at all. Whether we do see Trent Alexander-Arnold continue what he did at the end of last season and move from right back into that kind of central midfield inverted position, which is obviously, you know, Pep kind of trials with Stones specifically at the end of the season and other teams have now followed suit, I don't know. That might give them a little bit more defensive stability. But equally, it's a new system and they're still lacking that player to play in front of the midfield. I mean, we're just joking there about Chelsea looking at Lavia and Casado. Look, both players would suit Liverpool. I know Liverpool have gone in for Lavia numerous times, but still not met Southampton's valuation. But they need a player who can sit in Fabinho of old. You know, before Fabinho's legs seemed to go last year, and then they sold him to Saudi Arabia. They need someone who can sit and protect the back four because without that, they look woefully exposed in that area. Just want to tack a little bit right here quickly. Um, just, just something I've been thinking about, and I've seen it quite heavily on the socials with PSG's situation at the moment. They've got Neymar potentially going to leave to Barcelona, but they don't want him, but he wants out. Mbappe going through the contract situation. Messi's already gone, and, and you've seen how happy he is over at Inter Miami. Is there a problem with PSG or is this a personnel problem? Um, I think it's a bit of it all, really. I mean, look, PSG is an old one because it's obviously a it's mm. a project, but it's a project in a, in a league whereby the financial revenues are not going to be there unless they're winning the Champions League. You know, at least in Spain, I mean, it's a pretty weak league, but you've got Real Madrid, you've got Barcelona, and then you've always got an Atletico or another team who challenges. Premier League's obviously got real strength in depth, loads of money from broadcast rights. That's very strong. PSG have literally existed on their own since the uh, Qataris came in and bought the club. Uh, I remember, you know, go back 20 years, Lyon were, were the strongest team, but PSG have always been, I suppose, the biggest club. But without having someone to directly challenge, it's an odd situation in the league itself. I mean, Pochettino did win the title there, but that was a, he made a, a you know, a, a right pig's ear of it for a lot of the time. And as many other managers have, because I think there's that, there's not that challenge domestically. So players, I think get bored, they get complacent and then they have to play in these big champions league games. And we've seen them at times look fantastic, just purely on personnel. And then we've seen them mm. fall flat and lose games and then they're out and then they haven't won it again. And then the weight goes on and then it's another, you know, it's another overhaul. It, it, as a project, it doesn't quite work. They've tried that Real Madrid Galacticos thing without having even that domestic challenger to keep them all honest. And I think that's been the issue. And then you've ended up with huge personalities. And, you know, even all the noises were when the likes of Neymar and Messi were coming into the club that others weren't happy because of the egos. And then people are worrying about wages and he's getting paid more than me, but I'm the best player in the world and all that sort of stuff's going on. It's, yeah, it's I, the idea of anyone going in there and managing it and being successful, I think is a huge ask. I really do. I mean, it's a, it's a non-impossible situation. I think the best thing they can do probably is get shot of all these big personalities and then try 
and just become the best team in France, i.e. getting the best French players. There's always plenty of very, very talented French players. Start on that basis and start trying to get some young, hungry players in who, in theory, they can sell on for a bit more money just to give them that elusive Champions League title. If they do that, they might have a chance. But with their domestic league being so weak, I don't see how that's sustainable. Do you think... um... Ben, you know, you talk about PSG is owned by Qatar. Well, the Saudis have bought Newcastle. They made the top four last season, so they've got Champions League this season. Do you think it's actually set up reasonably well for them? Because, you know, with Liverpool obviously needing a new midfield and maybe not being 100% sure what their best 11 is, uh, Chelsea and Spurs both in a rebuild, the distraction of Europe, I guess, for Newcastle could be a problem. But with those teams all in a state of flux at the moment, is it open for, for Newcastle to, to bag a second top four? I think the real challenge for Newcastle is the fact they finished in the top four last year because that was ahead of schedule. Right? I mean, obviously last year with their recruitment and obviously this takeover, they would have wanted to be challenging for Europe. And I think when I say Europe, I mean they would have expected to be in and around the top six. So for them to finish in the Champions League places, brings with it a whole new pressure and a whole new challenge. So they're going to have, you know, they can have six extra games against at least a couple of those will be against high-quality opposition. They'll have to get used to that playing weekend, midweek, weekend, midweek, which they didn't have last year. Um, And it'll be how the squad handles that. Again, last year they were relatively fortunate with injuries. I know Callum Wilson missed a bit of the season, Isaac missed a bit of the season, but they were always almost injured alternately. Um, defensively, they were very, very settled. And in midfield, they've got some great options. So if they can keep the, the core of their squad fit, I think they can do it. And then they can be in and around it again. But it's a huge ask, given that they're, they're also limited by the fact that because of financial fair play right now, the Saudis can't just spend hundreds of millions of pounds on building Newcastle today. What they have to do is be gradual. Now, they're ahead of schedule for where they are now. The challenge will be trying to stay there this year. They've made some smart signings, I think, without breaking the bank. And if Eddie Howe can get the team playing as they did last year, they've got a chance. But I think, I really do think they'll they'll find that two games a week for most of the season a real struggle, especially when you consider the likes of Chelsea don't have that problem. Oh, it's that old funny question that they love throwing out before the season's even started. Who makes top four? Who gets relegated? I think top four, I think, I mean, look, you'd be stupid to look past Arsenal or Man City to be the top two. Mm. And then as far as that battle for four is, I mean, look, United should be in and around it. Chelsea should be in and around it. Tottenham, if they keep Harry Kane, could be in and around it. And then there's that kind of like Tottenham, Newcastle, Liverpool, Brighton battle, I suppose, in that next bit. I mean, look, Villa should be good as well. So I should throw their name in in terms of that European battle. And then at the bottom, I mean, I'm fascinated to see how Luton get on, of course. I mean, the fairy tale is there. Uh, the stadium's horrible, as I know you're talking about. Uh, but they play a really <laughs> unique style of football that I think will shock a few people. I wouldn't be surprised if Luton were kind of like, halfway through the season, are outside the relegation zone and looking okay. It's whether they can keep that for the rest of the campaign because people will work them out, but it'll take them a bit of time to do that. So they'll be interesting. Um, Bournemouth have got a new manager. They could be down there. Sheffield United, I'm afraid to say, are my favourites to go down because they're a bit like United, but at the wrong end of the table. They're in the middle of this takeover debacle that's been going on for months and months. The manager's lost his two best players over the summer. Uh, Ilan and Diane Sanderberg have both gone. He's having to try and replace them with loans. It, it looks tricky at Sheffield United, so I fear for them a little bit. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, look, Burnley should be okay given what they did last year. So I suppose it's whoever else gets dragged into the fight. 
All right, Ben, and just before I let you go, mate, this time of year, everybody is, uh, well, not everybody, but a lot of people around here, I know a lot of people at your, in your part of the world are, are getting ready to play Fantasy Premier League. They're putting their teams together. They're building their rosters. And the biggest, uh, the biggest problem I find every year is coming up with a name for my team. Yes. Um, so have you got any, any guidance for me on a, on a name for my Fantasy Premier League team? Well, you've got options here, Ricardo, right? You've got the kind of the Man United <laughs> route. So it's picking a player and it's coming up with a pun. So the ones I thought about, for you, would be either Dallo Blow, which I quite like. Mm. Um, a, a nice little Beatles reference here. Obla D Onana or Garnacho Problem. So they're three from... They've got United links. God like Or, those. I mean, I think you're, you're miss, missing a trick. I mean, your surname's Ball. I mean, for crying out loud, if you can't think of a football-related uh, pun on Ball... I mean, Ricardo Ball's up to the obvious, but, you know, whatever... There's got to be something there. There's got to be, isn't there? So it's always got to be a pun, and it's got to be a play on either your name or the team you support. All right, good. Thanks very much. Thanks for the guidance, Ben. Appreciate it. What's your team called? Uh, mine is called Lame of Two Calves because my team is lame uh, and I've got muscular issues. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Ben Ransom, talking uh, all things EPL football and a bit of French to boot. So thank you, mate. Appreciate your time. All the best. Have a good weekend. Lovely. Enjoy the football, fellas. Thank you. There he is. Ben Ransom talking the football over in the EPL. There's been a lot of chat about this French league. Ricardo, we're going to get off soon. But um, you'd think with the PSG, Marseille used to be really strong, mm. Lyon, but now there's only PSG and the money the Qataris going into it. It's not really... It's been pretty underwhelming, really, from a PSG point of view, isn't it? Yeah, and I think a lot of people have pointed this out, is that they've got so much money that, that like, you know, even in Scotland, which often gets pointed yep. out as it's a two-team league, but the, the French league's often a one-team league. Like, so they, mm. week in, week out, they don't have enough competition. So when it comes to, you know, because their, their owners are all about winning the Champions League, when it comes to playing in the Champions League and trying to win it, they're just not up to it because they haven't been pushed hard enough through the season. Haven't, haven't got the competition. And just talking about your fantasy league teams, Rick, mm. we'll come back with that after our next break because we've got a couple of names for yourselves. Have you, uh, have you got some names? Yeah, we've All been right. working on it. Okay, I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to naming my team <laughs> by the end of the show. Some great ideas. All right. Stay tuned. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the home of big brand vitamins.